Well, good morning, good morning. It's Caleb Lynch back with you. Happy Sunday. Uh, the date is March 29th, and we are continuing in our pause theme during this uh, COVID-19 crisis. And I know uh, for many of us, it has been a hectic time, a crazy time, and uh, lots of anxiety, lots of worry. Uh, and so before we jump into this, I'd love to just pray for us and um, give this time to the Lord. Lord, we, uh, we, don't, we don't know what to do, but we're going to fix our eyes on you. Uh, we know you're in charge. We know that you uh, contain all power and might, and we trust you with our lives. We trust you with this situation. And so um, we slow down long enough today um, to be with you and to fix our gaze on you, who we believe is the author and the protector and the promoter and the provider of our faith. And we trust you. And we give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are just joining us, if this is the first time uh, that you have tuned in with us, uh, my name is Caleb Lynch, and I am the lead pastor of Open Door Fellowship Church, and uh, it is a gift and an honor uh, to have you listening. Um, we know that you have a lot of options and a lot of places where you could choose to tune in, and it feels like a gift to, to get to have you listening in today. Um, one of the things you'll, you'll learn fairly quickly uh, about Open Door Fellowship Church is that we're pretty excited about this guy named Jesus. Um, we think that fullness of life is found in his name. We believe that there's freedom and hope found in his name. And we believe um, that the truth of this is found on the pages of the Bible. And so uh, if, if, you, if you don't own a Bible, uh, if you don't have a personal hard copy of them, I know you can get a bunch on your, on your phones and different things, but there's just something amazing about having a paper hard copy um, that you can just throw in your bag and take with you. And if you don't own one, uh, get in contact with me. You can contact the offices of Open Door Fellowship. You can just go to odfchurch.org and uh, we will, we will, uh, you'll have plenty of different ways on there to get through to us. So uh, we'd love to get you one and send it in the mail if we need to during this time or have you swing by the office and grab one. So uh, we believe it'll change your life. I know it has changed mine. So uh, there you go. To continue, we are um, uh, in our second week of our pause theme, and this theme is centered around this forced pause that we have, many of us have had to take because of the crisis of corona, and um, for many it is abnormal and different and a different rhythm of life that we are, than we are used to. It is a change uh, that none of us expected. And yet, we think, we, we see here at Open Door that it might actually be an invitation. An invitation uh, for us to hit the reset button. An invitation for us to slow down long enough uh, to say, um, ha have the ways that I've been living, have they been sustainable? Have they been centered around the one that is the giver of life? And um, what would it look like if we began to use this time as an invitation to draw our hearts closer to him and to orchestrate our days and our rhythms and our patterns and our habits uh, around the one who is worthy uh, of such? And so we're in week two. The first week, the title was, the theme of the, of the sermon was uh, Be Present, Be Present. And it was a, it was a simple premise. It was this idea to say, in everything you're doing, um, be in it, be in the moment. And 
knowing full well that um, he is with you, that God is with you, that he went all the way to the cross and resurrection uh, to make sure that you were a place that could house and dwell the Holy Spirit. And so that was the premise this week. Uh, we're shifting it a little bit. Uh, last week, maybe a little bit more of a passive uh, approach to just being, to being still, to being in the moment. And this week, we're, we're moving more, a little bit more into an active um, posture. And this posture, we're titling today's message, we're titling it Gaze, Gaze. And uh, the idea is this, um, fixing our eyes on Jesus, fixing our eyes on him, fixing our eyes on the Lord. What would that look like? What would that, uh, what would that do in us? Before we go uh, much further in it, uh, I wanted to share with you a couple, uh, couple snippets written by authors, uh, one a poet, one a great thinker, and I, I think they frame um, this, this concept of pause, this concept of hitting the reset, recentering, refocusing, uh, I think they hit it really well. This first one is by uh, an Irish uh, gal, which the Irish seem to really know what's up, and, and, and her name's Kitty O'Mara. And uh, this was just re- written recently about this time, but she says, And the people stayed home and read books, and listened, and rested, and exercised, and made art, and played games, and learned new ways of being, and they were still, and they listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, some met their shadows, and the people began to think differently, and the people healed, and in the absence of people living In ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses and they made new choices and dreamed new images and created new ways to live and healed the earth fully and they, as they had been healed. And so it's just a beautiful picture of that invitation. Uh, of, of, of mapping out a new way of seeing, a new way of living. And, and, and maybe this time, uh, as much pain and as much fear and as much uh, reality that is centered around this thing called corona, um, that maybe there also is an opportunity to dream new dreams and to create new ways of living. This, this next uh, bit was written by a guy named Clive Staples Lewis, better known as C.S. Lewis. This was written in 1942, and he's depicting a picture of, of Satan and Jesus, uh, kind of polar opposites in this little scene here, and uh, he's, he, he, he gives words to it. He says, Satan, I will cause anxiety, I will cause fear and panic. I will shut down businesses, schools, places of worship and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. And then Jesus responds, if that's the case, I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money or material resources. That was written over 80 years ago, uh, depicting what the evil one tries to do in distorting and confusing and bringing in fear 
And what Jesus says is, I, I'll reorient. I will change, change the pattern. I will bring new ways of living, new ways of seeing. And so that's our invitation in this pause. Um, today, we're, we're going we're gonna to shift it more into this theme of gazing, turning your eyes, turning your face towards something, fixing your eyes on uh, the one who promises fullness of life and hope and freedom and peace. And so uh, I want to read to us a little, little. I actually kind of want to tell us a little story that is found in the Old Testament. This is in 2 Chronicles 20. Um, and this is, this is the story of Jehoshaphat. And he's one of the kings of, of the time. And um, all of a sudden, one day, he gets notice that uh, there is a large army forming uh, that is much larger than he can handle, that, it, that will surely defeat him and his people. And they are on the horizon, and they are coming his way. And um, I want to read these words to you. This is, this is 2 Chronicles 20, uh, verses 3 and 4. It says this, Then Jehoshaphat was afraid, and listen to this part, And he set his face to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judea. And, and Judah res, uh, assembled to seek help from the Lord. For all the cities of Judah they came to seek and to turn their face to the Lord. What a, what a beautiful picture of what I hope um, this time is for many of us. Uh, I, I'm just going to read this, this first sentence again. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he set his face to seek the Lord. Um, man, I, I want that to be my posture. I want that to be the way that I combat my fear uh, is that I turn my face to the Lord. The story goes on, and he gathers all the people around him. They're in this huge courtyard, and he just starts praying one of the most phenomenal, bold prayers to God. He says, are you not the God of the universe? Are you not the one who contains all might and all power, and nothing can shut you down. He just keeps going, and he just declares these truths of God, and he says, if that's who you are, then we need you. And, um, and then right as he's finishing the prayer, um, he says, we are powerless against this great horde that is coming our way, coming against us. And then this is my favorite part. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. Um, the, the picture I get in this, and, and you, you know exactly what I'm describing when I say this, but it's this picture of sitting around a fire and um, you, your, your eyes are transfixed on the flames, on the crackling charcoal, on the, uh, on the wood that is popping. It's like for whatever reason there is noise and conversations happening around you. You might even be involved in a conversation, but your gaze, your focus is like laser transfixed on this fire. And it's like you can't even turn away. You're staring deep into it. And that's, that's this picture of turning our face towards, this, to, towards the Lord. It's this uh, being transfixed on him. All the movement is happening around us. We're involved in all sorts of things. But our continual gaze, our continual focus is fixed on Jesus. And 
um, that there's this, <laughs> I'll just tell you a story because it, it kind of reminds me of this a little bit. We're at a restaurant, uh, this is maybe a month ago now, and we're at a restaurant, one of our favorite restaurants in town, it's called Otro Cafe, and we walk in, and immediately when we walk in, one of the servers who, who serves us food often when we're there, uh, he, he's looking at me, and he kind of is like looking down at my shoes, and I'm kind of like, this is kind of weirding me out, uh, but he's, he's kind of, he's watching me walk in, he's, and, he, and he's looking at my feet, and I'm like, does he want to throw down? Like, what's going on? And so, anyways, we, we go to our table, we sit down, and he comes uh, minutes later to, uh, you know, bring us water and, and say hello. And as he walks up to the table, he's staring under our table at my shoes. And I think that maybe I've stepped on something or something's in the way. And so I'm moving my feet further and further under the table to get them out of the way of whatever he's trying to look at. And sure enough, he keeps looking further and further under the table at my shoes. Um, I've, I've, uh, I, I've, I've never had someone uh, stare at my shoes the way this man stared at my shoes. And he said, where did you get those? And I said, well, we, I just got them. And uh, they, they were these blue suede vans. You guys might have seen them on a Sunday morning. I, I just purchased them recently. And he couldn't, he couldn't take his eyes off of them. The rest of the evening, as we were there eating dinner, he would be walking around and he kept looking at them. And at one point he said, I would crush it in those shoes. I would kill it in those shoes. Like he was like now picturing himself wearing my shoes uh, if, if it wasn't awkward already enough. And so end of the evening, we, we, uh, we leave, we pay our bill, we go to the car. And Kaylee and I, my wife, we look at each other. And I go, we got to give, maybe she brought it up, I brought it up, I don't remember, but we said, we got to give him these shoes. And so uh, I take my shoes off, and my wife, who is still, still fully uh, uh, wearing shoes and has something on her feet, runs through the parking lot with my blue suede shoes in her hands, walks up to the waiter in the restaurant, hands them to him, and then we take off. And uh, I drove that, that night home without shoes. Um, but it was this idea that if that man <laughs> cared that much about those shoes, he surely needed to be the owner of them. And I don't really know how this ties into fixing our eyes on Jesus, but what I do know <laughs> is I saw a practical picture of that transfixed, that could not turn away gaze. Um, I've not looked at many things that way. For sure, my wife and kids, uh, for sure, bacon on, on, a, on an early morning breakfast, but uh, not many other things have I gazed that intently at. So uh, I believe they're in the right hands now. Uh, I want to share with you another verse. And um, we, we spent some time with this verse as, as a staff in a devotional recently this week. And this is 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. And I'm, I'm going to read it to you in two different versions, in the ESV, English Standard Version, and then also in the Message. And it goes like this. It says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer selves are wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. 
Uh, it's that idea of fixing our eyes on those things that are eternal. All, all the things of this world will at some point waste away, will at some point, uh, I love the, the language in here, are transient. They will move on. But the things that are unseen, those eternal things, those, those powers at B uh, in the cosmos, those are the things that will last forever. And what great value that we would fix our gaze, that we would turn our face to those things. And here's, here's what's cool about it. It says when we do that, that we are being renewed day by day. Uh, God is not wasting an opportunity, this opportunity that is amongst us now. He is not wasting it. He is using it to shape us and to, and to form us and to move us into the person that we were created to be. And so even though these, these moments feel uh, crazy and insane, God is using them. And by us fixing our eyes on him, by us moving towards him, he's, he's already moved towards us, but by us moving and fixing our eyes on him, he gets to shape us. He gets to use this season to draw us, one, closer to himself, but two, to form us and to mature us into the people that he has designed us to be. What a beautiful gift that is. I, I'm just going to read it real quick in the message just because it's such a beautiful paraphrase. It says this, so we are not given up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like there are things falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. Is that not the best line? Not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes <laughs> compared to the good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and they're gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. You see, the goal um, is not even necessarily well-being. The goal is not necessarily health or prosperity, the goal is Jesus, is our eyes fixed on him. Uh, we were talking about this in our devotional, and, and my boy Mikey Quinn, you guys know him, he's our worship pastor, but he said uh, when he was growing up, when he was new in the faith, he always was feeling like, gosh, uh, am I in the will of God? Am I out of the will of God? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? And, and what he said was, he said, what I finally realized um, is that, and I'll just, I'll just put it in his, his exact words. He says, I didn't realize that keeping my eyes fixed on him was the purpose and the plan for my life. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, uh, this is in the New American Standard Version, the NASB, um, it says this, Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance that race that is set before us. That's what Mike was talking about, that, um, that plan for our lives. Let us run that race with endurance, but listen to what it is. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Why? Because he's the author and the perfecter of faith. And then this is phenomenal. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand, the throne of God. 
Um, what you fix your eyes on matters. What you fix your eyes on shapes you and molds you and moves you. The things you choose to transfix your gaze on do greatly affect the health of your soul. Look, um, you did not find Jesus. He was not lost somewhere like, hey, where did Jesus go? No, he, he found you. He set, remember, remember when we were going through Luke, it, it, constantly it would say he had set his face towards Jerusalem or towards the cross. Remember how it continually said that? It, it, it would say he was going to go here, but no, he went this way because his face was set towards the cross. We're in that verse we just read in Hebrews 12. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He, because he had his eyes fixed on you, he moved from the moment, the time he showed up on earth. His posture was fixated on you and the cross that would bring about restoration of your soul. The cross that would free you from the dominion of darkness and into his glorious light. This is a gift. And um, by the way, it great, gave him great joy, it says, to have his eyes fixed on you. And so what a gift that because he fixed his eyes on us, because his whole posture moved towards us in love, that now we have one who is not only worthy, but he is able to bring us great hope, to bring us great peace in the midst of any circumstance, because he has conquered it all on our behalf. And so we do, we fix our gaze we turn our eyes, we turn our face towards him. We look deep in to the truth of his love and his goodness and his kindness and his grace towards us. And we stay fixed on him. No matter the sound, no matter the conversations, no matter the noise or the chaos around us, our eyes stay fixed on him. Our face is seeking the Lord. And let us together declare these words. Let them be an anthem for our souls, for our time, for this community. Even though we are not together, even though we can't gather in the courtyard like they did, may we together declare these words. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are fixed on you. And may you pause long enough to find rest in gazing deep into the love of the Father who has had his eyes fixed on you from the beginning. Thank you, Open Door. I hope this blessed you. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Keep those hands clean. And until next time, love you guys. With you. Have a great day.